What's good, everybody? Welcome to another crossover podcast on the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrero. We are previewing the Atlanta Falcons in week six. Very pleased and privileged to be joined by, from the Falcoholic, the owner of the coolest microphone in all of podcasting. And yes, I mention it every time he's on the show. Kevin Knight. Hey, Kevin, how are you? Good, Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Do you ever get tired of my microphone mentions? No, no, not at all. <laughs> I, I, you know, that's that's just why I bought it. You know, I was like, if I'm going to be doing video shows, it's worth it to pay the extra 20 bucks for the lights. You know, there you just got to do the lights. So. See, that's the extra effort you get at the Falcoholic. All right, let's break this one down. Um, Niners have a ton of injuries on the defensive side of the football and on the offensive side, but we'll stick with the defensive side of the football. So that combined with the Falcons running game, do you see a path to victory for Atlanta? Potentially, I was looking at, you know, I think the official uh, status of some of these guys has come down. Um, it sounds like there's a chance maybe that Nick Bosa could play. Um, I don't know that we've got a, a, you know, it seems perhaps unlikely, but, uh, you know, I know Ark Armstead and Javon Kinlaw almost certainly not going to play. Um, does seem like Samson Ebukam, uh returned to practice, so it seems like he's probably going to play, but um you know, the 49ers do have the statistically best rush defense. I'm sure the defense is very good. I would say that the opponents they've played haven't necessarily had the best rushing attacks. So I, and you have to be concerned, obviously, with the injuries. But the Falcons have managed to run the ball pretty much on every team they've played, except for the, the Rams, where they were down like, you know, 25 points uh, at one point. So I think they'll be able to run the ball. I just don't know how successful they'll be. And it really depends on the game situation. Can the defense do enough to keep it close enough that the Falcons can continue to pound the rock? Uh, I don't know with what level of success they'll have. I, I do think they'll be able to have some success and it seems like they're more committed to having Marcus Mariota run uh, now with him struggling more as a passer. So they're going to try, they're going to try as hard as they can to, to just run the ball as much as possible. And I think the 49ers are going to try the same thing, quite honestly, if they're other than Grady Jarrett, if there is someone on the defensive side of the ball for the Falcons to worry about, if I'm a Niner fan, who is it? On the defensive line, Taquan Graham has been really good. The second year player, especially as a run defender. Um, they've gotten some decent contributions from Abdullah Anderson. I believe he might've even had a stint with the 49ers at one point, the defensive tackle as like a practice squad kind of guy, but he's sort of become their nose tackle, which is, you know, odd considering he's only like 300 pounds, but they cut Anthony Rush, who was their starting nose tackle for the first four weeks of the season last week, sort of unexpectedly. Uh, and Anderson's sort of taking that over. So they're, they're running a bit of a different look with a lighter front. It seemed to be working well against the Bucs, but the Bucs have maybe the worst run game in the NFL right now. So not necessarily too much to gain from that. But uh, Richie Grant, the safety, he in his second year now didn't really play a ton last year. He's looked really good. So that's another guy I would definitely keep an eye on. And also... Do they activate Isaiah Oliver, the cornerback? Um, he was their starting slot last year for the first five games, looked really good, uh, and then suffered an ACL tear. Uh, he's been designated to return off of IR, but hasn't been activated yet. He did practice all week, so it seems like potentially he could return, so we'll see. What I've been telling people all week, I give the Falcons credit because the Niners went up two scores against Carolina, and they packed it in. They were just like, all right, shut it down. It's not happening this week. The Falcons do not do that. They have battled back. If they haven't won, they have battled back in every single game, including last week when they may have beaten the Buccaneers, if not for 
maybe the worst roughing the passer call I have ever seen. Like, are you over that call yet? I would still be furious. Yeah, it's not something you get over. You know, <laughs> at least they find Tom Brady for kicking Grady Jarrett after the fact. Um, yep. But you know, it, it's it's small, uh, small consolation to Falcons fans. Uh, would they have really won the game? You know, I don't know. But should they have had a chance? Absolutely. Uh, and it's just, it really mis- makes me mad when you see Bucks fans like, oh, well, they missed DP- DPI on the previous play. It's, we're really going to try to explain away and like, what about <laughs> that call? Like just, just, you won the game. Just, just shut up, you know, like go home. Right. Like you already won. Like don't try to apologize for one of the worst calls of all time on top of that. So. That was brutal, but I give Arthur Smith credit. You know, it kind of reminds me of Kyle Shanahan with the Niners his first couple of years, especially 2017. They lost what, nine straight games. And then they finally beat the giants and the locker room was like, they won the super bowl. And that to me was like, you know what? That's good culture there. The fact that they're still, they care this much. And I see the Falcons battling back in every game. And I have the exact same thought. Arthur Smith, at least to me, even though you're not getting wins every week on the field, it seems like they are building a good culture in Atlanta. Is that accurate? Seems like it. Um, We're definitely getting to see, I think, a closer team to what Arthur Smith wants, like the running game being miraculously turned around. They were 31st last year over the course of the season this year they're third and that's been huge to witness um and they haven't stopped being this really good team in close games and they're they're playing everyone close this year last year they when they came up against playoff teams they sort of got blown off the turf um this year they've played everyone close uh the biggest deficit has was actually that bucks game and like i said you know they should have probably had a chance to at least put a field goal on the board and try to get an onside kick at worst um in that game so I, I do really like what we've seen from Arthur Smith. They do seem a lot better coached. The offense is a lot more creative in his second season now. So I think for those who were a little bit skeptical after year one and not really sure what you were getting, um, you have to be impressed by what we've seen so far, which is that the Falcons are competitive with a roster that is basically only taking up 60% of the cap because another they have $77 million in dead cap uh, at this Ooh. point, which is 37% of the cap available by the way um wow. and they're in it they're in it against every team with a a literal poverty roster right so <laughs> <laughs> so they're gonna have some money to spend in free agency this offseason yes they are i believe they're second in projected cap space with like 58 or 60 or something like that and they could get it 20 to 30 more pretty easily so that's wild to me i did not realize it was that crazy let me ask you this. How are your special teams? Because the 49ers coverage unit, especially last week, was downright awful. And it, that's the only reason the Panthers scored the points that they did, because they only had to go half the field, basically. How is Atlanta's special team? Should I be worried there? You should be worried. Um, I would say the special teams is really good. Um, Avery Williams was very close to having two return touchdowns last week. Uh, but one time got tripped up by the kicker, and that was it. The other time just uh didn't quite escape uh but avery williams has taken over all the returning especially with patterson out but he's been really really dangerous as a returner and the falcons coverage has been excellent as well they've forced some turnovers on special teams that unit as a whole you know with young way Koo as the kicker uh is really good uh so i've been very impressed with the special teams. so uh avery williams feels like he's due for for a kick return touchdown he's been very close a few times so it could that could end up being a major factor in this game Great. Thank you very much. Now I'll be worried about that until Sunday. Um, I should have asked you this earlier. Why is this team not throwing the ball to Kyle Pitts? 
Well, they I feel like they're throwing it to him. It's just very inaccurate. I believe Kyle Pitts leads the league in off-target targets. Uh, I think 32% of his targets have been considered like uncatchable or off-target by some metrics. So they've thrown it to him. Obviously, last week he was out. He is expected to play this week, I believe, even though I think he's officially listed as questionable. Um, Marcus Mario is just not the quarterback to get the ball to Kyle Pitts. He doesn't really like to go deep when he does. He's not very accurate. He he likes to hit guys that are open, <laughs> and he doesn't like to, to throw it in there. And with Kyle Pitts getting so much attention, Kyle Pitts is a guy you just sort of chuck it in his general direction, and he's going to find a way to come down with it. And I, I don't think he's been given a lot of opportunities to do that. It's been pretty disappointing to see his usage so far, but this is not... I don't think this is a Falcons offense issue. I think this is a, we have a limited quarterback right now. And this one, you know, Kyle Pitts not being very effective and fully utilized is probably one of the reasons we will see Ritter sooner rather than later if Mariota can't clean up these, these inconsistencies in the passing game. Look, I'm all for the Falcons trying to stick it out with Marcus Mariota one more week. That's fine with me. But like, if, I, if I'm sitting in your position, like, what is the point of starting Marcus Mariota? Like, what? He's not going to be there. He's not the long-term answer. Like, put Ritter in, and maybe you find out that you got something there. Yeah, I think they will soon. I think that they were hoping to get through this brutal stretch of Tampa Bay defense 49ers defense, Cincinnati defense, and then week eight, they've got a matchup with the Panthers. And that kicks off a six-game stretch where they're or probably will be favored in like four or, or five of those six games, um, which is odd for a Falcons team that, you know, at the beginning of the year, most people thought would be two and 15 uh, or something like that. Like that was USA Today. Um, so they already got the two wins at least. So no, no concerns there. But um <laughs> I uh, I think their week eight is probably the earliest we'll see Ritter unless Mariota is like catastrophic and his stats are bad. But as a whole, like he's kept the offense like functional. He's been a competent steward of it. Um, he's had some legitimately good games too more early in the season. The last two have been his worst, I would say. Um, but as a runner, he's still really dangerous. Last week, I think he had like 70 yards on the ground on just a couple of scrambles. So um, that I think they need to emphasize that as much as possible if they're going to start Mariota. Um, but I think we will see Ritter pretty soon, like in approximately two weeks, if Mariota can't improve his passing. Because right now, it's the, the passing game is low volume to begin with, but they're only completing like 10, 11, 12 passes a week at this point. That's just not going to cut wow. it. Wow. That is rough, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought the 49ers passing game was limited. <laughs> that is very, very limited. Um, I know a lot of Niners fans are really hoping I think they're trying to hope it into existence that George Kittle kind of wakes up this week I know the Falcons have had a little bit of trouble with tight ends is that more a function of who they've played or is there some sort of hole on this defense that kind of leaves them vulnerable they had some issues with uh New Orleans with Jawan Johnson and then Taysom Hill you know whatever he is they, they just <laughs> couldn't stop him as a runner um but other than the Seahawks game where they allowed several touchdowns to those tight ends. I mean, there haven't really been like really bad games against tight ends. I don't know that it's like specifically a weakness for them, but really they're just when they play zone, which they do a lot because they love to blitz uh, it. They just, the, the zone coverage hasn't been good. There've been a lot of mistakes. Um, they just, they leave a lot of cushion and Tom Brady and uh, the Bucks offense just absolutely carved them up for like three quarters, just dumping the ball off uh, short and the Falcons just couldn't tackle Leonard Fournette or anybody else. Um, and that's obviously going to be really bad against the 49ers because they love that. So 
Maybe they'll clean that up, but honestly, like anyone you chuck it down to like short or on crossers or whatever, the Falcons are just having a lot of trouble shutting that down because of, first of all, they love to blitz. So there's usually going to be an open space in that short area for someone. Uh, and second, you know, they're just not playing very good zone coverage. Like there's, there's a lot of lapses, a lot of mistakes. Now, maybe that changes if they get a more consistent slot player, like Isaiah Oliver in there, that's going to play most of the snaps instead of this rotation that they seem to have. Um, but you know, it, that's probably the biggest weakness for them is they're just getting crushed by these short dump off passes. Um, which again, I have news for you, Kevin. That's very concerning against the 49ers. Yeah, that's very concerning. Yeah, yeah, that could be a long Sunday because there is no team that number one is constructed to do that more or likes to do it more than the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. So that could be trouble. One last thing I'm worried about. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Falcons are going with the red helmets in this one, right? The throwback right. helmets? Yes. That makes me nervous. Look, look good, play good. That's I'm a firm believer in that. And those jerseys and helmets are awesome. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the chance for them to go one and zero with the new helmets and and make this you know good because with the throwback uniforms they were notoriously poor. So with the helmet, maybe that was just the missing piece, and this unlocks the special powers of this throwback uniform. So that that's what I'm hoping for. But we don't have any data points on that yet, so it's really a question mark. Well, I don't like it. I want the Falcons wearing their regular uniforms, play regular, look regular, and I would feel a lot more comfortable with it. Thank you very much for the time, Kevin. You can check out his work at the Falcoholic or on Twitter at Falcoholic Kevin. We appreciate the time. Yep. Thanks again for having me on, Rob.